I think the most important you know, feature for tenants is that we are much more affordable for them. We tend to be at least 30 to 50% cheaper than on Airbnb. And this is the most important you know, uh, factor for them to, to use our platform. guys, my name is Mikko Kraszowski and welcome to episode 89 of That Remote Life Podcast, where we hear from location-independent entrepreneurs and professionals so you can learn to quit the cubicle and live life on your terms. Today on the podcast, I am joined by Radim Rezek, the founder and CEO of Flatio, a midterm rental platform based in Europe that is making finding a place to live as a digital nomad easier and more affordable. Now, unlike Airbnb, Flatio specializes in midterm rentals, which are apartment rentals longer than two weeks, but less than one year. And because Flatio is designed with professionals and digital nomads like you in mind, their listings highlight things like the availability of a kitchen, a washer, and also the quality of Wi-Fi available. As someone who normally travels for the majority of the year, I have personally experienced how difficult it can be to find good apartments at a good price. So I was very excited to talk with Redeem about his experience building Flatio, how they are developing the platform to make it especially great for digital nomads, and what we as a community can expect from Flatio in the future. Guys, I think this episode was so much fun, and I think you're going to find it really, really valuable, especially if you're looking forward to the end of COVID and hitting the road once again. Flatio is something that you should definitely check out and keep on the horizon. But before we jump into the episode, I'd love to hear what you think about this podcast. I've made it very easy to leave a review. All you have to do is head over to ratethispodcast.com forward slash TRL and write your review. That's it. It's that easy. If you're enjoying this podcast, leaving a review is one of the best ways to support us. Guys, I'm not joking. Reviews are still a key statistic that Apple looks at in order to determine how to rank a podcast. So your review will directly help us climb the rank boards and attract new listeners. So I want to take a second and thank you in advance from the bottom of my heart for leaving a review if you choose to do so. If you want to check out the full show notes and a list of resources mentioned on this episode, you can do so over at thatremotelife.com forward slash episode 89. That's episode all spelled out, followed by the number 89. All right, you guys, without further ado, let's dive into this awesome conversation with Radim Rezek from flatio.com. All right, Radim, welcome to the show, man. Thank you for uh, taking the time to join us. Yeah, Mitko, thank you for having me here, and I'm excited to to talk with you. So you're joining us from Brno, right? Is that how you pronounce? I've always, because the B next to the R, and I'm always kind of like, is it Brno? How do you pronounce the city in in, in uh, the Czech Republic yeah. that you're in? In Czechia, we call it Brno. Brno. Brno or Brnia, we call it Brno, Brno. Brno, yeah. okay, gotcha. Brno. And 
Okay, so this is the other thing that I got to ask about naming in the Czech Republic, because growing up in Bulgaria, I always knew the Czech Republic as Czechia. And then I moved to the United States and everybody calls it Czech Republic. And then the other day I was on Google Maps and noticed that they've changed it in Google Maps to say Czechia as well. So what is the difference between the two names and which one is sort of like if somebody does come to the Czech Republic or Czechia, like which one should they use and why? Yeah, there's a lot of people who prefer Czechia or and Czech Republic. So there's a two two teams who pre, who prefers more. I rather you know say Czech Republic because it's more you know this is what I get used to it for last 30, 30 years. But then marketing teams in Czech Republic you know come up together and say let's change it because it would be much better. And yeah, then it's Czechia, and we somehow getting used to it and. I think more and more people now uh, using it, and uh, I think in in next you know five years there will be only Czechia, not not uh, uh, Czech Republic anymore. But yeah, I like more you know I I prefer Czech Republic, but I'm fine with uh, with the Czechia. So this was like a marketing play, like what like some people got together in the country and said, "Hey, did you get like a notification? Like, did everybody in the country get an email that you know they were gonna go with a new name now?" <laughs> yeah, unfortunately not. But there was a public discussion about it. Is it good? Is it not? Uh, maybe it's too long for foreigners to, to pronounce Czech Republic. Let's make it shorter because it's more trendy. So, yeah, but I think it's fine now. Already Google accepted that. So after that, everybody, you know, accept for their own because Google accepted that as well. <laughs> so, yeah. Gotcha. And tell, tell us a little bit about Brno because, or Brno, because I, I've been to Prague and I expect that, you know, some people listening have also been to Prague, but maybe not to the city that you're in. Um, is it a good place for digital nomads and remote workers to come to? What is kind of like the feel of the city? Yeah, I think, you know, Brno is much better than Prague because uh, we are much more, you know, nicer city. We are second largest. We are basically city full of, you know, students. Most of the people here uh, are students, a lot of universities, a lot of tech hubs, a great, you know, environment for, you know, business entrepreneurs. Uh, affordable living, nice monuments here, and uh, not so many tourists all around the streets. Uh, you can eat and you know have fun in, in in the street, and it's a great for you know standard living. You enjoy that. You enjoy your restaurants without millions of tourists around. This is how it's in Prague. You know we don't have. Uh, we are like half million of people here, and. Uh, yeah, I like the atmosphere because it's really natural, and uh, uh, we have one of the greatest beer here in in Czech Republic. A lot of small breweries, you know. Is it Starobrno? Uh, Starobrno is not that well from my perspective. We have, you know, like Sviani and Hotjebos. These are great beers, which cost. You know, what I like on Brno that. The beers are cheaper than water, basically in restaurant. Isn't that a so law? Definitely... What? Isn't that a law in Czechia that like beer needs to be cheaper than water or something? <laughs> I don't think so, but okay. yeah, the, uh, the the water costs around you know two bucks and beer like one and a half. So yeah, you should come and taste it because we have really good 
Pilsner one. So yeah, that's really great on Brno. And uh, if I compare it with Prague, which is much of the much more famous than uh, than Prague, and I think it's it's the atmosphere is really natural. Uh, it's a young city uh, and great for business, great for living, and this is why it's great to live in Brno. That's how it should be. I'm a big fan of the idea of uh, the beer should be cheaper than the water. Uh, maybe not everybody yeah. agrees, but personally, I'm a big fan of that. What are some of the, you know, like, what does somebody look at in terms of costs of living in a place like Brno as opposed to Prague? Like, what would you say would be a, an average lifestyle cost in Brno? Yeah, I think you really nicely live for one one thousand or one thousand two hundred dollars, and you can rent your own apartment, go some parties, uh, you buy your food, and you still have some spare money to to live. Uh, in Prague, you need definitely like nearly twice more to live, you know, because apartments are around one thousand dollars. In Brno, we are around you know. Five hundred, six hundred dollars. So this is, you know, for your, to your, you know, imagination how how costly is here. So mm. yeah, nearly two two times, you know, more cheaper than in Prague, and the wages are quite similar. If you're, a, you know, IT engineer or you know, uh, remote uh, worker, then. Is a much better place to be because we have great connection to Prague. So if you have a lot of companies, and this is how it works, you know, a lot of people who, who work here in Brno, they quite often travel by train to Prague. It's like two hours by train. Uh, you can, there's a very nice trains now and you can enjoy also to work during the uh, time you're traveling, then have some meetings and going back. And this is how a lot of people are doing that. You know, that's one of the things that I like. I mean, there's a lot of things that living in the U.S. I miss about being based in Europe. But one of the really big things is like train travel, because the I think the United States is really missing out on this, like the opportunity of the high speed rail. Uh, I mean, it's so convenient to be able to, you know, in your case, live in Brno. And then when you want to get to Prague, just jump on the train. And I would imagine it takes what, like two hours or so to get to Prague, maybe less on a, on a high-speed train. And I think it's, um, I really hope that it does come over into the United States at some point because it's, it's just so easy and comfortable and affordable and, you know, environmentally friendly even uh, with the new train. So I really do miss that a lot about traveling in Europe. But I'm really excited that you're here, not because uh, you are clearly an expert on Brno and Czechia, but because you're the founder of Flatio, which is a, and am I pronouncing that correctly or is it Flatio? It's Flatio, like uh, the IO should, should, you know, be there because like output, input, output, you know, one and zeros in IT because we're Mm. purely online. But yeah, Flatio is correct. That's what, that's what's so funny about like learning about companies or new things on uh, online because you never hear people pronounce it that often. Like, I remember a big one was Have you ever heard of Zapier? Before, yeah. so people call it yeah. like Zapier, you know, and it's like it's almost like half and half between people who call it Zapier versus Zapier, and it's like what's the pronunciation? So okay, so Flat yeah. IO, and 
it's essentially Flat.io is a competitor of Airbnb in Europe. Um, what can you tell us a little bit more about what Flat.io is? Yeah, it's Flat.io is basically affordable monthly lettings platform with a deposit-free listings in more than sixty cities uh, around the Europe. And uh, I'm not sure if we're quite uh, competitors, but uh, since or recently, if they are expanding to more to midterm rentals, I think that we are becoming actually a little bit of uh, competitors because they are short term, you know, platform basically trying to transform somehow thanks to the COVID. And they are trying to do a little bit more in midterm rentals, but I think we are much better than they do. And uh, because we are much more localized and uh, we have, you know, much better education for landlords who tend mm. to rent their apartments for midterm. It's completely different. And this is uh, because Airbnb already tried to do these uh, monthly lettings five years ago. And it's still like a few of their revenues. And they, for them, it's very difficult to expand to this, you know, sector, to this niche of midterm rentals. But yeah, uh, I think we are somehow competitors at this moment, thanks to COVID. And uh, yeah, we would like to win. We would like to be a leading, you know, platform for midterm rentals and to provide our services to all of remote workers around the world. At this moment, we are mostly in, uh, in Europe, but uh, hopefully, hopefully we will be soon around the world. So before we, you know, kind of go deep into the rabbit hole of the company. I do want to learn a little bit about you first, because I'm curious, is this your first business or is this kind of like a second, third sort of thing? Yeah, I started like 10 years ago in 2009 when I was uh, first year at my university. And I started the business as a student for students because of my bad experience with uh, looking for a new apartment because I didn't get any dormitory, which is public apartments uh, from owned by a university, and I didn't get that, so I had to, you know, find a public standard apartment on the market. And for me, it was really tough to to do it because uh, I'm from the small village. I'm not from the Brno, but uh, uh, I am from the village where it's like 20k inhabitants. And for me, to moving to Brno, it was like a super super big city where our trams uh, we don't have any trams and all of this big city and for me it was even difficult to travel there to to call the agents because uh, it was very expensive for me to do that and i i, I spent you know whole summer to look uh, to find a proper apartment for me and a lot of disappointments because you know the real estate agents or classified website put there some information which was completely wrong and I invested a lot of time and money to find it and at the end I paid a provision one month rent to real estate agency she just gave me a contact to landlord and uh, that's it everything else I should manage by my own with the landlord directly so I said I need to change it for another student and during my first year, because I studied economics there in Brno, so I decided to cooperate with my professors who helped me how to set up a business. And I also joined one of the professors to, to my business uh, and one another student. 
who's actually still with me at Flatio, these guys who I met at the university professor, uh, university professor and these uh, students. And we set up a student reality together to help other students. And uh, yeah, it's still working, this, this first project. It has like 100K users yearly. It's still a classified business. It's working. Uh, it's not earning much, but it helps students. And I learned um, a lot of from needs of students and tenants. So this was my first business and I, I learned a lot because at the start you do everything in your own. You are a manager, accountant, uh, photographer, real estate agent, you're everything. And uh, it was a great experience for me. It's really impressive that you kind of immediately got started with, um, I mean, something that I would call essentially a two-sided marketplace, right? It's not like you're selling a product to someone. It's you're convincing someone else to sell a product to someone else, right? And it's, I, it's actually the very first business that I started was similar. It was a two-sided marketplace. And I just very quickly realized I did not have the skills to operate a business like that. So it's really impressive that you got started with that and actually like ran it, even though it was your first business. What were some of the biggest lessons that you worked? Uh, like what are like the three biggest lessons that you learned running that business and just kind of like growing it in the beginning um, in terms of just like operating a business? Yeah, uh, it really helped me to, to be creative at all kinds of situation because I have no money and we started and you know first year of the business we earned a lot of money and uh, but the tenants or our clients wasn't so sufficient because they should still pay quite a lot of provision so so we changed the model a little bit to be more affordable for them but then i start to struggle because it was too too cheap uh, and i don't earn enough money so that was my first lesson always you know carefully you know, calculate the business so as it would be sufficient for you, for your clients, because if it's not sustainable, you know, for you and uh, the clients, then it can work, you know, for a long-term perspective. So it was really difficult after that. And so, so I needed to find out how to earn another money. This is why I set up a new business, 3D Virtual Tours where we start to provide our landlords but also another clients ski resorts golf courses to that we took uh, photos for them of 3d virtual tours so we started to provide these services because of so as tenants don't have to do a personal visit and it was really great and this learned me a lot and we earned uh, some money finally so we we can keep the business but uh, and also during that time, I, I do some, you know, financial business because I need to earn some money for student reality. And my lesson was that I do a lot of side projects to earn, to, to be able to do the business. And uh, even though I earn a lot of money from the financial, in financial sector, but I said, I don't want to do it anymore because I want to focus just on the initial idea to help other students to find uh, very easily a new apartment so i quit and uh i jumped back to my initial road on real estate renting and uh yeah so keep your focus and try to always you know 
focus just on the one thing because if you do many projects, if you, if, yeah, of course, you diversify, but you never develop the project enough. I think that's something that a lot of like people who have an entrepreneurial personality struggle with. And I don't know if you've ever heard of the term shiny object syndrome before, but that's kind of like, uh, it essentially means like, you know, you're walking down the road and there's all these shiny objects, you know, kind of like yeah. shining on you and you're like, Ooh, this would be great. I'd love to do this. Ooh, this would be great. I'd love to do this. Um, and I think everybody deep down knows that that's not a good idea that like you said, if you kind of follow, you focus on one thing and you go after it, that's going to be more successful than kind of trying to dip your toes to a whole bunch of different things, but it can be really difficult, right? Like it's really like you, you want to scratch that itch of going and, and trying and being creative, this new field. How were you able to like manage that? How are you able to kind of like stop yourself from looking at, you know, these shiny objects? You know, I wasn't so happy, you know, I had a lot of money, but it don't, it didn't give me enough happiness from, from that money. It was a lot of stress from the, in the financial sector. And I really enjoyed the journey to do my own business, even though it's not uh, so, you know, profitable. And uh, so I decided to go back and uh, I, I really wish that it started working better. And, and it has started, I risk it. And uh, it started when we set up our third business related to renting. And it's, uh, it's called chillhills.cz. And it's a rental management company uh, for students because we basically rent directly apartments from landlords. We focus on multi-property landlords, owners who has more than 100 apartments and we provide them our services that we will guarantee you one income, we rent it, and we will rent it out by best, all these apartments. And we won't get any provision because we will buy cheaply and sell it a little bit more because we will separate the, the, all the complexes by best. And this is where we get the profit. And this is how we started to earn uh, nice money. Students were happy, satisfied. Uh, but we kind of, because in first year of the business, we are now in 2013, uh, it was a lot of beds because we hired, hired around 400 beds in, in, uh, in Brno, but we have no system for it. And our IT firm Student Reality said, you know, there's a Google, they have apps and you can everything manage by Google Apps, online Word, document, and so don't worry, Radim, keep, keep your working. And it was horrible because you don't know when your students are paying a lot of mess in lease agreements because you do everything in, uh, in X, in Word. So it was a horrible mess, first year of accounting. And uh, fortunately, I put this IT guy, it's called Jacob, to reception for one summer in 2014 and said, we don't have any reception because she's, she got ill. And he said, I can't work with these dogs anymore. And during the summer, he, he called uh, his first you know, system to automize all of these processes because in renting, it's still the same. Someone writes you a message, I would like to see the apartment. You show it to him. After that, he will you know, think about it 
please share with me template of lease agreement and I let you know, okay? Someone will confirm to you, then uh, you're sharing the contract, signing IDs, and then the payments. And we uh, basically automatize all of this. We, in 2014, to know when and uh, to allow tenants to pay online. Uh, we instantly know who paid and when. System automatically says reminders to us, to students. We allow people to uh, uh, sign lease agreement online and we go this way and uh, yeah and this was really cool and after two years in 2014 and 15 we automatized in this company everything and we put this to professional management this company and it's still working and earning the profit the turnover now is around 1 million euro and it's great yeah it's funny that you had that experience because um I don't know who said this to me, but it, it, it kind of stuck with me was um, a quote. Uh, it was, what's stopping you from making $100,000 is your mindset. And what's keeping you from making a million is the process and the system. It's almost like these different hurdles that like pure hustle and selling and idea can get you to like six figures. But then in order for you to like run a business that's like the next level up seven figures, you really need to get the process. And it seems like you guys ran into that where it was like you guys were hustling and doing everything right, but the back end was like needed to be fixed in order for you guys to keep growing. But how did we, so how did you go from there to then launching Flat.io and what was the idea there? Like why, why focus on this new market? Yeah. And you know, in 2015, we automatized everything here in the Chill Hills. And we met with one venture, venture capital investor who said, you have great projects, guys. You know, you have here Chill Hills. You have here your marketplace portal. You have here your 3D virtual to reality. Why don't you, you know, come up to, he said, you know, let's do it everything online in this renting. And we said, yeah, why not? We, we always wanted to do it like that. And so we, we basically put all these projects together, student reality, 3D, 3D virtual tours, and this chill health system where we have, you know, really strong SaaS solution for landlords. And we said, let's allow, let's change the way how people looking for long-term leases uh, because they can see it through virtual tour. They can sign it online thanks to our solution. From chill, from chill Hills, and we have already the portal for for students, and let's spread out for you know also another consumers. So we we fundraised and we make a deal in 2015 uh, November after half a year of talking if it's good or not, because at the, at, uh, at the start I don't believe that it, it it will work in because we already tried that in 2012 in student reality and we manage everything online but we we don't have much uh, you know money invested in that and we control everything and so i was a little bit skeptic but then i said okay we have much better budget much much uh, much more experience so let's try it so we launched flat io in 2016 january that we will change the way how uh, looking for long-term rent and uh, after three months, we have no transaction, almost out of money because we don't raise much. 
and we wanted to raise like every one half of year because we believed that it will be growing so we raised uh, another money but we were you know we were really it was really bad for us in the march and we we needed to find out how 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 it should start working and we knew from the chill hills that there is a gap between uh, short term and long term because in chill hills we did everything to maximize the profit and we know that we have a lot of clients who basically want to rent an apartment for a few months but there is no solution because there is no landlords who allow you to be there for a few months either short term either long term but nothing between and we know that a lot of students who rented for a year they wanted to be there only for three or six months the same short term they always write us can i prolong it for a few months so we said let's start doing this and also so we changed them uh, let's do it midterm in two months we change all of the basics of that io and start doing midterm rentals and in may we started and we we finally got the first traction and reservation and we said yes we did it. We started to focus not on long-term landlords, but on Airbnb landlords who were already educated on transaction online because on every market, long-term landlords are very conservative. They don't, they, they are, they feel really afraid from online transaction. And we were absolutely new for them with no, no reviews. Uh, so we start to, uh, looking for, um, and, target on short-term landlords and it's it all started to to uh, to work we had a uh, great revenues that year and yeah we we found another venture capital and now after five years 20 percent of our uh transaction has more than 12 months long reservation so we already you know thanks to all reviews and educated market and landlords uh, we are getting back to our initial initial uh, idea, but we would like to be uh, uh, mostly in, uh, in midterm rentals because we think that we adjusted our product for it, also the landlords, because really pure long-term leases are a little bit different, different requirements, landlords and tenants, and midterm rentals are great, uh, and we have the solution for it. So who are the people that are renting from you? Like who are midterm renters? Yeah, it's a tenants like mostly are professionals uh, uh, or digital nomads, people who working and needs to needs to stay in the apartment for a few months. And uh, but there's also Erasmus students who's who's who needs to stay in the apartment for a few months. But uh, mostly are are workers. Uh, Either digital mods or professionals these are from 60% of our tenants and we have also like 20% and we are surprised for this uh, group that it's a local market who renovate their apartment mm. or buy a new apartment and don't have a chance to uh, to move to hotel because it's too expensive and uh, these are also our clients but mostly it's our corporate people or professionals uh, who who traveling to some city to work from there and uh, and be there for a limited time Mo in average it's uh, 60 or 70 days so around three months 
it's an average of metro rentals. And we also in, in Portugal, uh, also in Berlin, it's quite the same in every market, this average length of, of, uh, of contract. So what are the benefits for somebody, uh, like you said, a professional who's working online, what are the benefits for them to use Flat.io instead of, um, you know, Airbnb or something like that? Like what, what, why should they use your platform? Yeah, I think the most important, you know, feature for tenants is that we are much more affordable for them. We tend to be at least 30 to 50% cheaper than on Airbnb. And this is most important, you know, uh, factor for them to to use our platform. Uh, another thing is that we have standardized lease agreement for every market, for every landlord. So basically, we have the same principles of lease agreement. We localized our lease agreement for each country, and but it's still the same. And you can read it in your language. At this moment, we have like five languages. And uh, you can use it for your foreign police if you're moving into the country. And uh, we also wanted to make a partnership with this foreign policy so as you don't have to go there. This is our long-term goal. But yeah, and you don't have to pay a deposit for moving in. We do, because it's a lot of cash flow. When you're moving through Airbnb, uh, you pay for a few, few, few months, few days. But uh, midterm rentals usually wants landlords wants to collect at least one rent but then if you should pay a deposit then it's two rents and if you do it through a real estate agency then you have to pay a, uh, a fee which is usually one month rent and uh, if i compare ourselves with the long-term classified uh, websites there is no possibility to do it online there is no possibility that this landlord allow you to stay there for a few months because they you know, insist on long-term contracts. So basically for you is only solution to come to the country, uh, live in the hotel or, or Airbnb landlord, go on personal visit, visits and invest a lot of time and uh, money to rent apartment for a few months. And this is what we do. Uh, you know, one uh, of our worker in a wet flat, I recently moved to London from Italy and they are Brazilian and uh, they were really struggling because landlord wants to wants to uh, either to to prove of the address in the UK. Okay, you don't have it. You're a remote worker, so you don't have any uh, long-term partnership. You're not employer. Okay, at this in this case, I want a six payments in advance <laughs> and this is horrible you know uh, because it, you don't have any solution you know where to find a, a, a landlord who will give you apartment very easily for a few months and what's more at these you know pandemic times you don't want to you know uh, sign contract for a year or two because you don't know if you still will be there in that city and uh, you know Every market is fragmented and we want to, you know, this is our vision to, you know, standardize all of the conditions, allow people to, you know, easily move to any country, any city, because it's really difficult. And I think 
how, how it's working on Airbnb, you try to message with the landlord directly and do shady things, you know, let's, let's rent it directly. I'll spend there two nights and then we'll make a deal because it's basically, uh, it's not feasible to do a three months of reservations because most of the landlords have full weekends and our landlords don't. And this is what we do. We educate and we are making this, you know, midterm supply, which basically doesn't exist around the world, even though it's somehow visible, but you need to do the shady things or you come to the market and do it. And this is the problem we are solving. This is why we have standardized these agreements. And uh, this is also our, you know, USP in comparison with other, you know, competitors here in Europe, because all landlords must accept our conditions because we have a lot of, you know, experience as I already described. And motivation of landlords is to rent, uh, collect the rent as much as possible, as big rent as possible, and to protect himself. And tenants has the opposite. They want to pay uh, the, the cheapest, they want to find the cheapest rent, and they want to protect himself. But it's difficult for these tenants because he's, uh, he's the weaker one at the, when he's looking for an apartment. And we wanted to balance this relationship between them and this is why every landlord must accept these conditions, which we, we set up, even though they are signing lease agreement directly between themselves. We are not there as a party, but we are there as a guarantor that everything's fine and that you can read all of the condition before you do anything, before you pay anything. And of course, if there is a problem when you're moving in, uh, we don't send any money to landlord and uh, we guarantee everything behind. So this is our goal. This is what we're trying to do. And uh, yeah, we, we go our way, even though it's much harder to onboard new landlords because you insist your conditions. And uh, this is why we, why we are a little bit slower than our competitors who have much more you know, apartments, but this is, this is the way we go in. Are you doing anything in terms of screening the apartments? Um, because for me, uh, in my experience, renting Airbnbs to live and work out of for one, two, three months, the most difficult thing is always for me making sure that it, that, that apartment has what it needs in order for me to or have that apartment have what I need in order to be there like, like midterm. So for example, the two big things for me are always, is the Wi-Fi good enough? Is there a kitchen? And number three is, is there a washer at the minimum so I can do my laundry and not have to go somewhere else? Is that something that you guys look at when you're screening these flats? And is that something that you're sharing with renters so that to make sure that, you know, people are getting the best sort of flat for them? Yeah, every landlord must accept these minimum furniture and uh, facilities at the apartment. We also check that he has the right to rent this apartment. So not only these facilities, we are checking that everything is there, suitable for me to live in, like uh, all things you described, but also that it's not a scam. And we have a lot of 
uh, we knew that there is a lot of scams in classified websites because we have the reality and a lot of police officers call us there's a lot of you know scammers out there and we don't have these problems at Latio. so yeah this is very important we also do our own photo shooting to do a virtual tour of each apartment this is w where we want to also check that it really exists this apartment and we also try to build a reviews of this apartment actually from the tenants spend there a few months not a few days because uh, you know in Europe there is no long-term platform who would provide you a reviews of apartments uh, from tenants who spend there more than you know few months or years because these platforms don't have any technology for it they, they don't do this reviews there is only booking Airbnb other platforms who did that but it's for weekends not for you know longer terms and this is also what is important for you that you're a nomad you're a digital nomad remote worker who's traveling and you want to read the the reviews from the same you know group as you are how 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 he was you know satisfied with the apartment with the wi-fi and so yeah this is important for us how has COVID affected your business and um, how has it also affected where you see Flatio going as a company? Yeah, I think, you know, we are year over, we are doing really great in comparison with, uh, with Airbnb, definitely, because uh, we are kind of the same revenue as the last year. At the sum markets, we are growing double digits. And uh, we are really growing at the number of new listings and inventory because huge amount of landlords looking from short-term platforms looking for a new options and alternatives to short-term because they have their mortgages. They they were uh, you know addicted to to earning that kind of money and now they don't want to go back to to long-term rentals. Where is also a huge uh newcomers from airbnb and there's a huge you know supply and there is a minimum uh people who wants to uh, at this moment rent it for a long term so this this is the alternative for everybody to do the midterm and uh, from this from the perspective of revenues we are kind of the same but we see that uh we we will use our uh, growing from the perspective of supply, which is really important for us. This is why we are expanding recently to Portugal. Very, very soon there will be an English, the UK and South America because we have a team for it. So from this perspective, it's really great opportunity for us to expand much more cheaply because now are the people open for a change? Because last year, everybody was fully occupied full of uh, full packet of money from uh, short-term listings look guys i'm so happy to do any change so don't call me anymore and come later and the later comes now because now they are looking for alternative so yeah of course because we have the commission from uh, from the rents we collect because 
through our platform, we collect all of the money, not just the first rent, but all of it. And we have a commission from, uh, from the rent. So when the rent goes down, we also down our revenues. So, and the rents really uh, fell, fell down like 30, 40% if I compare it uh, with the standard period. You know, the, the spring was really like 50% on average. The same will be autumn and winter. Yeah, those who, who rented their apartments during the summer was the luckiest uh, landlords in 2020 because it was back, the, 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 the mood was great, but now we are back like 30%. Yeah, in my opinion with like, it's COVID was a very interesting. I mean, obviously it has affected a lot of people negatively and a lot of people has, have lost their lives, which is very sad. Um, but the interesting thing is that what myself and a lot of other people have been predicting was going to happen in the economy and in the way that we work. Uh, and like, for example, I was predicting was going to happen in the next 10 years. COVID has drastically reduced that timeline. And I think um, in the next three to five years, we're going to see a big shift in the way people work and the way people live. And I think services like yours and then platforms like yours that are serving people like myself that are looking for midterm rentals and, and a lot of these other sort of um, needs that are uh, servicing those needs are going to be uh, very important and growing. So Redim, I want to say thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Uh, it's been a, a pleasure talking with you. Uh, and I want to congratulate you on uh, acquiring and merging with Nomad X, which is another platform that was uh, doing similar things in Portugal. And I'm really excited uh, for people that are listening. Uh, we're going to do an interview with both you and Dave uh, over from Nomad X, who's been on the podcast in the past. So if anybody's interested in hearing more about kind of where, like what happened with the merger and where the two companies are going and, and how exactly it's going to come, going to happen. We're going to talk about that uh, in the next episode. So Nadim, thank you so much for coming on, man. Um, I really appreciate it. Thank you very much.